Welcome to the ABCs of Matrescence. We are two mamas, Emma and Mackenzie, and we both have toddler age boys. And here on our podcast, we chat all things a real motherhood from A to Z and everything in between. Matrescence is the process of becoming a mother. It's a very involved process. And so we explore various aspects of it on each and every episode. So thank you so much for being with us today. We hope you enjoyed our previous episode where we chatted about body image, a topic that will probably be coming across the table again today and in future episodes because it's definitely a topic that concerns the majority of us as mothers. So hopefully you tuned into that. This week, we have the pleasure of chatting with Safia Tella. Safia lives and works in Paris, France with her husband and her son. She is the host of Mama Talk Livecast on Instagram and also Mama Talk Podcast. Safia interviews mamas from all over the world about their conception, pregnancy, and postpartum journeys. She makes a safe space for mothers to share openly and encourages them to dive deep into what events and emotions they experienced during their season of matrescence. In today's episode, we get the pleasure of asking Safia about what this season has been like specifically for her, whereas normally the tables are turned and she's chatting with other women. So today we have the treat of asking her about her experience. So welcome, Safia. Yeah, thank you for being with us today. Hi, I'm so happy to be here with you. Yeah, we're very, very glad to have her. And Emma and I are excited too, because we're both here as well. Hi, Emma. I know. Hi there. It's been a minute since we both recorded an interview together. So we are excited. Yeah. So and we before- will try not to talk over each other like we just did, because that's what we do. So apologies in advance. If we weren't talking over each other, people would be like, is there like a clone of them recording the podcast? It it would be weird. So we just wanted to hear a little bit about what is it like for you, Safia, in Paris, in France, with obviously the technical quarantine is somewhat over from my understanding there, but how is life resuming for you? Um, With my family, we confined ourselves three, four days before the confinement became an obligation for everyone in France. Uh, And uh, for us, the confinement went um, rather well, even if with a two years old child, it's not always really simple. (laughs) But we adapted to um, to his rhythm and it went really well. We went uh, really step by step. Uh, We waited two weeks to see what decisions the government was going to make um, before uh, deciding what we were going to do with my husband and uh, our child. Um, And uh, we saw that things was going better uh, and we decided to put our son uh, Camille uh, back in daycare. Uh, and uh, for me, it was uh, um, really good. <laughs> and um, because all the security conditions were in place in reality and uh, really respected, and that was really important for, for us. Uh, and we still avoid places that are too frequented, but we feel... Uh, that um, life is back uh, to normal uh, and we just hope that there will be not returning back. Absolutely. Are you are you finding that you're wearing a mask the entire time? Like no matter if you're ever outside of the home or are people generally masked like when they're in the streets or going to stores or anything? 
Uh, no, just in the stores, in reality, in the streets, we, personally, I just have masks in the streets. Mm, okay. Well, that's, yeah, here it's, it's kind of a little bit different as far as, mm. well, you know, how each, how each state is. I know that for, for Emma and I, things have been really different based on where we are just geographically within the U.S. So I'm sure, I almost say, gosh, I'm sure you guys are, are seeing in your news just how, um, how troubling things have been here for us in the U.S. So it's been, it's been difficult. Emma, what's stuff like for you guys right now? I know that right now Georgia is a, a hot, hot spot, mess, to say the least. a disaster, yeah. a train wreck. Um, yeah, <laughs> all of those descriptions is what comes to mind at the moment. Yeah, it's, weird. It's just, yeah. yeah, things are just like have gone way back. Um, we had yesterday in Georgia the our single highest day numbers yet, including in our county, and things are closing back up. They just announced, and this is like was really shocking to me, that our entire county, the 2020-2021 school year, is going to be virtual. And yeah, it was just a big, like, wow, things are not going back to normal for so like a long geography, time. So now geography, geography slash layout lesson for me real quick, like a county, like, Give me an idea. Is that like is that is is that like part of Savannah? Is that the whole city of Savannah? No, it's what the whole that? city of Savannah. Yeah, the whole city. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, and actually, technically, some so there are several cities in our county, so it's pretty widespread. I mean, we're talking. Yeah, I don't even know how many schools. So that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I mean, it was a big deal, and I'm pretty sure I just saw today that the city of Atlanta did the same thing, which is obviously much more massive than we are. So I mean, this seems to be the general consensus for yeah. For the yeah, state, it's crazy so it's to think pretty of crazy. parents having to do all of that online for for just so much for their kiddos. Up here in Rhode Island, things have been honestly pretty good. Our state was super conservative from from the get go. In fact, there was just an article that was released yesterday about how how did the smallest state in the entire country get it right? Because you know things here really have felt very very safe. People are generally always masked anytime they're in a store or. Um, like restaurant settings, etc. So I think people here have been taking it seriously, which has been helpful. But obviously, the concern is that it's summertime, Rhode Island is a popular destination, people are still traveling in and out of the state. And, you know, so it's probably inevitable that we're going to see probably like little upticks or whatever in the in the virus. So so we'll see. But yeah, it's, it's depressing down here, to be honest, it's kind of sad. And just yeah, so I'm pretty bummed out about it today. But hey, what can you do? Well, and the weird thing is it's not like, unfortunately, I wish I could say that Emma and I were about to hop on a plane to Paris to record this interview live. One day, Emma, one day. I know. This will be our life. But our but kids even, are going to be like 22 by the time we get around to doing that, oh, by the way. they could be 18. You never know. Girl. Actually, that I mean, would be great, big. though, because then we wouldn't have to worry about childcare and we could just drink all the bottles or in your ounce, two ounces of wine that we want to <laughs> and relax. So we wouldn't have okay, to worry about chasing yeah, toddlers. Always, Emma always teases me because she says that I, pour a very small amount of wine into a glass and I don't drink a lot at once and I'm like well because I don't need a lot at once I just enjoy a little so she she calls me miss two ounce pour (laughs) I don't call you that's accurate like that's actually (laughs) accurate information that's not much of an exaggeration okay but so as I was saying it's too bad (laughs) that we can't travel to France right now because Americans aren't even allowed in so well once there's a vaccine we're gonna come and we're gonna just we're gonna storm the place we can't wait so 
So, yeah. But anyways, thanks for sharing that, Safia. It's interesting to hear just how, honestly, for for you, life has has been able to really just return to normal. And I think it's because people in France were so conscientious and so prudent for for basically the whole time of the the quarantine, which is obviously the way to be. So... So we want to jump in a little bit now with you. We are so excited to have you with us. And I shared just a little bit about who you are and what you do. But would you mind elaborating just a little bit for us and tell us more about who you are? Uh, with, with my pleasure. Um, thank you both, Mackenzie and Emma, for, for having me. I'm really happy to, to chat with you two on this episode, really. Um, and uh, to introduce myself, so my name is Safia. I'm 13 years old. I'm originally from Morocco. Uh, I, I'm, I raised and grow up in Morocco and uh, I live now in France with my husband and my son who is approaching two years and a half. Um, I'm passionate about reading and uh, yoga. And as you said, uh, I work in the banking and insurance sector and a few months ago, uh, I launched the live cast and the podcast called uh, Mama Talk, which is available on Instagram and podcast platforms. Awesome. Yeah, it was so exciting to discover you and to discover the Mama Talk community that you've created because it is it's just incredible. I mean, you are releasing episodes so frequently, so I feel like women are able to just jump on and get that little taste of like an intimate story of someone's journey like whenever they want and that's been so cool just like last night I was tuning in and you had just a phenomenal interview and I just I've been loving it it's it's so great you're doing that thank you (laughs) so what what inspired you to create mama talk live cast on Instagram so um obviously like I guess yeah so kind of a two-part question what inspired you to, to create it and then why did you choose to do the live cast as a poor, as opposed to just doing like a podcast? What what made you think, you know what, live would be would be really cool? Um, the, the idea has been on my mind for a, for a while uh, because I noticed that uh, the podcasts uh, available or existent um, that uh, who talk about the subject of motherhood or birth stories were not really inclusive. And I thought that was a real... I don't know how I can uh, say that a real shame. <laughs> and yeah, um, shame, yeah. A, a lack of there was a lack of the diversity that I think you were yeah, wanting to share. Exactly, and I wanted to create a platform where uh, all the moms could learn from each other and share their stories, uh, no matter what their nationality, origins, or colors. Uh, and it was really important for me, and. Um, and really, it's from my personal story that um, Mama Talk started. I wanted to share my own story, um, which I did on Mama Talk. And I told myself that if me, um, if, if I wanted to share my pregnancy, my birth story, uh, the post, the, my difficulties du- during the postpartum, uh, there would be many other women uh, worldwide who would want to do the same thing uh, as I want to to do. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's just, 
the platform that you've created and, and when you say that you wanted to get perspectives of women from around the world, I mean, I, I feel like you really have achieved that. I mean, you have interviews with, with people from all over, literally all four corners of the globe. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Yes. I, I have mother from, mothers from Australia, from Le Le Lebanon, uh, from France, from USA with you, Mackenzie. From Morocco, Algeria. Uh, yeah. And I think it, it's neat too, obviously, just the fact that you happen to be, I, I say trilingual. I, do you know a fourth language? I know there's Arabic, French and, and English. Are those the three languages you speak? Uh, yes, I speak Arabic and French very well. English, it's hey, not no. my no, no. my uh, <laughs> my uh, it's my third language. Um, but I I do the effort uh, to speak uh, the three languages because I I think it's important for all the women to to understand what uh, what we are uh, telling. I agree. And I, I remember listening to an episode a few weeks ago, and it was so neat because the, the woman, it was Sarah that you were interviewing, and she was actually in the US at the time, which yes. is interesting because of she got basically stuck here because of quarantine, I think. Mm. And it was yes. she was speaking to you predominantly in French, but occasionally she would insert English words, which for me was was no problem, obviously, when I was listening. To it. <laughs> but then occasionally it was an Arabic word or phrase. And I was like, Oh, no, that I'm not following. <laughs> But it was it was it was neat though because it's like you're really allowing women to express to you fully how they're feeling and if they have that crossover of language or whatever that's that's just a part of the fact that it's live which I love mm. it's just so organic and natural so yes mm. so yeah so what um, I would say obviously you you wanted to share your story you felt like it was important to do but why do you think you know I guess from from your perspective it is so important that we share openly about motherhood I, I feel like this was not something that for example our mothers did for me it's really to to help others it's really it's really that um other to help others uh, young women young mothers uh, who are going through these moments and who um sometimes are adopting every everything and also to inform to educate about things and raise awareness i think it's um, it's really important and uh, and yeah to remove taboo that uh, may persist um because the the perfect mother doesn't exist and that's fine so we just have to to share and to support each other mm. excellent yeah that's something that has been very important for me and, and for Emma. And we talk about that all the time. I remember when yes. Emma and I first started to get to know each other, we were just able to really share the the positive aspects of motherhood, the challenges. And then sometimes it was like in the same sentence. So, Well, I think it's important to be able to share duality of emotions and that yeah. as we've talked about a lot, it's not, you know, I love my kid, but it's I love my kid and I really need some me time. You know, those kind of just sharing how you can have two feelings at the same time and that that's completely normal. You can have a lot more feelings than that at the same time I usually do. Um, but yeah, I think that was just so important. And it's kind of freeing and really connecting with other women who are like, oh, yeah, I get that. And it makes sense. So. You know, and I, I think it's so true. And 
one thing I, I feel like I've realized this, especially I'm on the conversations you and I have had lately, is that it's almost like retraining ourselves. Like yesterday when we were sharing a little bit about just kind of some, I was sharing with you just kind of some anxieties I have related to what's going on with COVID and just kind of the world and all that. And I was realizing that in vocalizing to you, there were some, if you will, other reasons behind that. Well, why does that particular situation make me extra anxious or extra uptight? And it was almost like I'm learning how to truly dig deeper into my own emotions to try to understand them better, as opposed to just writing them off. So it's almost like it's a process. You have to learn how to how to be willing to feel the feelings and then talk about them and then try to create healing or change as a result of them. So... We're curious as to how you knew that you were ready to be a mom, and then what was the conception process like for you and your husband? Um, I think very sincerely that I was never really ready to to be a mother. Um, I could have stayed until today without having children. <laughs> I I never liked children. I didn't want to have children when I was a young woman. Um, I wasn't really something uh, it wasn't really something that i dreamed about when i was um younger uh um <laughs> it's so weird when i when i when i when i when i tell this but it's the reality um, don't feel bad i felt the exact same way so you're not alone it's not weird to us i don't think either of us i was not the girl dreaming of having children and honestly i tell my husband all the time i still don't really like other people's children i adore my child but when i go yeah. public places and kids are running around i'm like oh my god they're terrible little beasts so don't feel badly. You're in good right? company. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the it's the same thing for me. And um, in in May 2016, um, we we made a trip uh, with my husband to Japan, and I I observed how loving these these people were toward children. They really really um, love children, and it really made a big big impact on me and uh, and then at the end of the same year we went to Poland uh, in the middle of December uh, to Krakow and we visited uh, Auschwitz and Birkenau with my husband oh, wow. and that trip um, really touched me uh, so so deeply the, um, it was during that uh, travel uh, that we really discuss um, children with my ha with my husband. Uh, so it was f five six years uh, married without child. Um, it didn't was the first time, but it was a really uh, a real talk. We discuss uh, seriously about having a baby, and uh, we started trying. Uh, to conceive a baby in early 2017 um, and by May to of the same year I was pregnant with our son and of course when we decided to have uh, a baby uh, we tell ourselves that it's going to to 
to happen um, when we decide <laughs> and um, waiting five months for me it was really long and um, so after two months I was stressed and I was thinking uh, there was a problem and uh, I'm going to the obgin to um, and I bought a lot of ovulation tests to make uh, sure that everything was working properly June it's my birthday so it was my uh, my twenty seventh birthday, and um, and I discover that I was pregnant uh, at this time. Wow, that's, that's neat. Yeah, I I can definitely relate <laughs> to that that impatience at the beginning. Yeah, for both for, both for Emma and I, it it's was, horrible. <laughs> yeah, we experienced a lot of that. So, how did you feel throughout your pregnancy? So, once you found out that you were. Pregnant? How how did you feel going through your pregnancy and then postpartum when he arrived? Um, my, my pregnancy went really well. In reality, we prepared a lot uh, together with my husband for the birth, <laughs> and um, I did a global prepar- uh, preparation for the birth um, to have my baby without a epidural and in uh, in a water. Uh, we did haptonomy. Um, and I prepared my perine f- with a physiotherapist and worked with an osteopath and chiropractor uh, on the opening of the pelvis. <laughs> I was really, really prepared for you the birth. Were very prepared, <laughs> very prepared. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, and um, also, um, I did preparation classes with a liberal with midwife. And at the maternity ward too. So yes, when I when I when I tell you that I was prepared, I was like I'm going to to do a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I wasn't sure if I really wanted to breastfeed my 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 son, but I had prepared myself to this too, and I prepared for breastfeeding in a very serious way by telling myself, you never know. Um, and finally, I breastfed him uh, 22 months. Oh my gosh! And um, <laughs> I had I had really really no idea what what was going to happen to me after the baby came. And um, I, I really um, thought that my life um, uh, are not going to change. That we were going to have a baby, but uh, it was going to he was going to fit in our lives and um, nothing was going to change. For example, I I really thought that uh, my son was going to sleep just like us um, (laughs) all night long. Well, and that's a that cute he... idea. How did that go for you? Did it work out that well? That's a really nice idea. <laughs> and and he and that he was going to sleep really peacefully in his bed without any difficulty. Uh, when I think back on it, I it really makes me laugh because it's not this, it's not the reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And um, I, I was not ready for the postpartum period. In reality, my my sight, my um, um, my vision uh, stopped uh, when uh, after a few uh, pushes, 
the baby was put uh, put on me and uh, I wa I'm going to uh, breastfeed him and okay, it's life. Um, luckily for me, um, for the first few weeks, my mother was there with me and um, she <laughs> she was not very supportive, but still there. And it was important for me. <laughs> and um, as my husband uh, been back at work uh, for um, quite some time, and my mother returned to Morocco, uh, so uh, at this time it was really, really difficult for me because I was really alone. I feel... Uh, so so lonely it's it I was really really sad and um, my husband worked all day long and um, came home uh, late from work and um, uh, I I I feel um, really overwhelmed uh, so just to back up just a little bit was your birth experience positive were you able to give birth in the way that you were hoping uh yes my birth my birth uh, my birth experience was really positive uh i i um i really enjoy this time uh but i i didn't uh, expect what um what uh i i experienced after having the baby mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting because in in so many ways it's like a whirlwind. You know, everyone's telling you, you know, the baby is just such a blessing. It's going to be so wonderful. And I mean, I can relate to that. Did you do that too, Emma? Where you're thinking so much about like the the arrival day of the baby and a little bit less on what's actually going to happen when you return home from the hospital. Oh, I constantly tell people that, I mean, giving birth is a day, or maybe maybe it's two if you have a really long labor. But, you know, now you have a child for the rest of your life. And I really do think there's far too much focus. And I did this. I focus so much on the birth plan and having all the stuff at the hospital yes, and exactly. all that in very little time on what the reality of taking care of a kid and how different our life is going to be. Because as you said beautifully, Sophia, that, you know, a baby doesn't just come and easily fit into our lives. Our lives are completely changed forever in massive ways and you can't really tell a new mom that's going to be the case or you know an expectant parent that that's going to happen you kind of have to experience it but I, I totally there's just so much focus on planning the perfect labor and not enough on what it's like mm. to yeah go into motherhood and how hard it's going to be at times mm -hmm. yes yeah. it is you you focus so much on that on that moment and you know what if we were to be taking classes during our pregnancy about how to handle the postpartum period? I mean, what if there were actually classes on that and conversations and coping strategies and, you know, giving you those kinds of skills as opposed to, you know, I mean, it's important to understand about the birth, but I mean, I feel like it could at least be 50 50. You know, I mean, there should be to, so yeah. much more on communication with your spouse and how that's going to be really mm. hard. And how are you guys going to handle sleep, you know, together as a team? And, you know, what about family coming to visit? How you know, there's just so many aspects that I, I didn't think well ahead to that turned kind of into conflict. Because when you are sleep deprived and exhausted, you're obviously not your ideal self. And I think also just lining up who are going to be my support people when, yeah, dad goes back to work and the family leaves and it's doesn't, you know, it's not the bright new shiny baby and everybody's gone. And there you are with the crying baby all day. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I did not also have a good Sophia. I didn't have a very good, you know, those initial postpartum months and I didn't have postpartum depression, but we had a very colicky baby and it was not a pleasant time. Yeah. And I don't particularly look back on it as being a pleasant time, which is then also bad to say, because you're like, I have a healthy baby, you know, I should be just grateful, right? So it's hard. It's again, a lot of things we don't talk about enough. Yes, it's really hard. Yes. So would you mind, Safia, just sharing us a little bit more about this experience you had with what you've called for for you and and what you went through your postpartum depression would you mind telling us just a little bit more about what what that was like for you to experience it and then to overcome it yes if um if it can help other women um other women's uh, other mothers it I'd be very, very happy um, uh, because when I when I become mother, I I put um, uh, great pressure on myself to be a very good mother, <laughs> the best on the world, and um, I didn't understand that that was going go what what was going on, and I was feeling really um, submerged. Um, overwhelmed um, and I found um, that motherhood uh, more and more difficult to survive the nights uh, to be alone all the time all the day with my son to have no one around me because uh, my family is in Morocco so I'm here in France uh, with my husband and our son and that's it um, I was feeling re- very lonely that I said and um, it was during a postpartum haptonomy visit with my son that the doctor uh, felt that something was wrong and she she um, she took the time to talk with me and then she understand that I wasn't really good and she, she we, we discussed um, and she gave me the address of one of his um, uh, friend's colleagues, a psychologist who is uh, specialized in postpartum therapy. Mm. And um, after that, I started uh, going to see her every week. Uh, and then after a few months, every, um, every two weeks, uh, sometimes alone, sometimes with my son, and um, step by step, uh, she gave me back my my confidence, and I started to recover uh, my taste of life. <laughs> I love to say it like that, my taste of life, because I um, I was really not good, and. Um, and I was really uh, uh, v- very lucky that, uh, and blessed that my husband was also uh, very understanding uh, to what was happening to me. Uh, he was really supportive and helpful. Um, and um, yeah, step by step, it was getting much better. Uh, I started to get more organized. Then I got back to, to work. And my son was going to the daycare. And um, we hired a nanny who relayed us uh, in the evenings at the daycare. And that made me feel much better. Mm. Uh, it 
Um, and uh, it, for me, it's important to, to say that sometimes the, the mental load is extremely um, heavy and we put a lot of pressure on ourselves as a mother. Um, so um, for me, um, we, we, we don't have to, to hesitate to, to ask for help. Uh, it's important. Uh, sometimes it's difficult to ask for help. Uh, but um, as moms, um, we have to go beyond this feeling and really get help. It's important. Because um, if, um, if, um, if you are happy as a, as a mama, your baby will be happy and um, sometimes more calm and your family life will be uh, quieter. Um, I, I always like to say uh, these two, uh, two phrases, happy mom, happy baby, and happy wife, happy life. <laughs> I, I like something we should all live by. I know. Well, it's it's definitely, I think, very courageous of you to share this. And it's definitely something that Emma and I have talked about, um, you know, the importance of being open to, for example, therapy, for chatting with friends, with family, being willing to certainly dive deeper into those emotions and ask yourself, you know, what can I do? Because this really isn't isn't me. Like you said, you lost your taste for life. You know, you were, you were probably felt like a shell of who you really are and having to find yourself again and, and do the work to get there. I think that's what's often so daunting. Well, and I think you hit on a big point is that there's, we put so much pressure on ourselves to be super mom and, and also do so with even looking like we're straining in the slightest, you know, we have to do all the things and put a smile on our face and, you know, the cliche of, you know, put on some makeup and be happy about it. And that is not the reality, nor should it be expected to be such and and it doesn't show weakness when we say like yeah I'm struggling that's not a, a weakness or a lack of being a wonderful mother it's just human it's you know that this is really hard and we don't need to do it all by ourselves exactly yeah yes. so so Safia just based on what had was the most challenging for you postpartum experiencing postpartum depression and experiencing that difficulty what advice or suggestions would you give to a mom who finds herself struggling like if we have any listeners right now who are, you know, either nodding in agreement or maybe they've gotten through, I would say perhaps the darkest time of that period, but they're still finding themselves struggling. What what kind of suggestions would you have? Um, becoming a mother is, um, is for me a really joyful um, rite of passage, if you if you know what I mean. Mm, rite of passage, and, uh, yes. <laughs> No, absolutely. It's a good way to put it. And... Um, but it can also uh, bring um, overwhelming um, uh, emotional um, upheaval, exhaustions, and self-doubt. And we just have to know that um, matrescence changes everything right down to a woman's brain chemistry. Um, there are scientific studies that prove it and demonstrate it. And I think we need to, to know this, to put our feelings and emotions as mothers into perspective. Um, and um, 
for me, uh, my my advice uh, is if if you are pregnant, project and prepare yourself uh, into the postpartum. Uh, we we. Um, we we have birth plans. We can do a postpartum plans <laughs> um, to to and get informations, read, uh, be accompanied, uh, and uh, talk about uh, these problems to to be um, informed. And if if you are already in the next phase, <laughs> and the baby is already here. And you feel um, overwhelmed, ashamed, uh, sometimes depressed, or anything in between. Um, you must get help. It's important. Uh, talk about uh, what do you feel. Uh, surround yourself with uh, with caring people um, and supporting people. It's for me. It's really, really important um, to to. Um, to not to not to be alone, um, and uh, put uh, on your mind that perfect mothers aren't real, <laughs> and real mothers aren't perfect. So, <laughs> so, and yeah, to to have really perspective with uh, what we are. Um, yeah, what we what we what we are experiencing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's what's such a beautiful thing about what you do with Mama Talk and the live cast is that you really allow mothers to share all of the positive aspects of what you know, perhaps their conception, pregnancy, and postpartum, and then all of the yes. challenges and and truly everything in between. You just let them share without judgment, without assumption, and um, I think that's really powerful. Yeah, it it feels good to to know that uh, other mothers are living the same thing that we are living, and um, it's yeah, it, it feels good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. He's talking about this. I remember when I was pregnant, how many hours I listened to the Birth Hour podcast, and I loved it. But what I almost wish I had listened to instead was like the postpartum podcast where it was really truly just, you know, a bunch of moms telling their postpartum stories in the first six months. <laughs> and so you really had a better idea because it was great hearing so many birth experiences and it was helpful. Mine was completely different, but it was, it was good to hear like the questions and what to ask and what might pop up, but it would be so helpful to actually hear a lot more of that, which is what's amazing about hearing your mama talk, you know, podcast or your live and yeah, talking to women with so many different experiences, both about the pregnancy period, but really also the postpartum time period, because yeah, you know, it can go a lot of different ways. And for some mothers, it's the best time of their lives in those early months. And for others of us, not so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And there's everything in between. So yeah, no, it's definitely that, you know, that you know, when you hear other mothers share about it and talk about it, you often find yourself thinking, "Oh, well, actually, I, I, I did hear about you know that experience. Someone, someone, I had mentioned that before. I've heard of that before, or I experienced that to some extent. You know, and just opening up about it. In fact, yesterday I went to the dentist and I was just speaking with the with the dental hygienist about her, you know something came about motherhood, etc. And she was started to just go into detail about her breastfeeding experience. And it's like interesting, you know, when you find yourself down a path like that, it didn't really even come up 
because of teeth cleaning, obviously, but she just started sharing about, you know, her challenges there and, and you know, how, how she had to push through and ended up, she ended up starting a support group because she didn't feel like she had enough support. And it's like, it's pretty amazing what happens when the walls come down and when people just feel comfortable sharing openly. Like, I don't believe that this would have been a conversation that, say, my mom would have had, you know, 30 years ago. I, I don't believe it. And now it's like a routine dentist cleaning can be an opportunity to hear a little bit about a mom's story and then share a little bit about mine. And I, I just think there's something really beautiful with that. So, um, Safia, would you mind sharing with us what's been the most helpful for you in finding your groove as a mother, just considering, you know, what you balance with not only full-time work, but also your household, you know, being a wife, being a mother. Oh, and just on the side, right? <laughs> Doing mama talk, which I know is tremendously time-consuming and such a gift to to so many women, but obviously it's it's definitely time-consuming for you. So what would you say is, is something that really stands out for you as a helpful tool at this time? Uh, I have to say, oh my God. <laughs> Um, no, um, seriously, um, talking about my difficulties uh, was uh, really helpful. And uh, meeting a psychologist who who was uh, specialized in in motherhood, maternity problems, um, really, uh, f- I, I felt really good. Uh, and uh, organizing things together with my husband, uh, who is being very, very present for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that was uh, really helpful too. Um, so we, we, we don't have to, to hesitate to ask for help, to get help and to get information. Um, it's really important to, to be informed and to, to ask for help. I don't, um, personally, I don't hesitate to, to help a mother who uh, herself doesn't know um, what she have to do and uh, who is uh, struggling her motherhood. Uh, sometimes it's difficult. Uh, we all live this uh, and it's important to to um, to say that, um, and I can also advise very interesting books to read uh, to better live these moments. There is two books that I I, I really enjoy to to read, and it's in English. <laughs> um, so there is this is Postpartum by Tilda Timmers. I don't know if you if you know this this uh, this book uh, is is really really good, and um, I'm really happy to say that she 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 she's going to be one of my guests on Mama Talk. I'm really happy, <laughs> and um, Mom Brain: Proven Strategies to Fight the Anxiety, Guilt, and Overwhelming Emotions of Motherhood uh, by Dr. Elise Dobro. Uh, these two books really helped me. Um, they're really, really, really good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for those two book titles. We will definitely include information about those in the show notes. And I can't wait to check both of them out. I've, Mom Brain sounds familiar to me, but I haven't actually read either of them. Emma, are you familiar with either? 
I'm not. I've heard actually of This Is Postpartum, and I listened to okay. a podcast named Mom Brain, but I don't know the book. So, and they are not related. So, cool. Well, thank you so much, Safia. That's that's really, really definitely going to be helpful for us just to be able to share that too. And and for our listeners, it's wonderful that it's in English too. You know, it's 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 great to be able to have that as a resource. So, would you mind please sharing with our listeners where they can find you and connect with you on social media? Oh yes, um, on Mama Talk, uh, Mama uh, with two M underscore Talk. I record live casts and also uh, podcasts in French, Arabic, and English. Uh, I do my best in English <laughs> to to have a real uh, multicultural and international share between um, mothers. Uh, and also fathers, I received um, two, three fathers, and it was really good, uh, to raise awareness and help future new and all moms, I hope. Um, and um, if American moms or not who listen to us wish to come and tell their story, uh, their pregnancy story, uh, birth stories, whether in podcast or in live cast, um, they don't hesitate to contact me. Wonderful. Well, a huge thank you to you, Safia, for your passion, your transparency, and your commitment to illuminating what this season of Matrescence is like for women all over the world. I know it's been really exciting for both me and for Emma to be able to connect with you and to learn more about you and, and your story here. So thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you very, very much for, for having me and for this invitation. And um, we also just want to remind everybody to check out, it'll be, you'll be going back just a few, uh, if you're listening to this current podcast when it releases, it'll be going back to July 13th. So on Monday, July 13th, I'll be recording the Instagram live with Safia in both French and English on her page. So again, that's at mama with two M's underscore talk. So you can check it out there. And I think uh, we'll probably be able to link that as well on our page too. So, and of course, you can also stay tuned because Emma is going to be recording a special episode with Safia um, to come. So that's also something that we'll be announcing where to find that, etc., on both our page and on Safia. So as always, we ask that you take a couple minutes to rate and review us at ABC's of Matrescence. It's very helpful for us and helps other mamas to discover us. So thank you all for joining us in this wonderful interview. Thank you again to Safia, and we will catch up with all of you soon. Bye-bye, guys. Bye.